Welcome to PR360, where every week the brightest minds in public relations, communications, and media discuss the topics and trends you need to know about. PR360 was produced in partnership with Global Results Communications. Now here's your host, Todd Perry. everybody and welcome back to PR360. We have a fantastic guest on today's show. It's the founder of Wahoo's Fish Tacos, Wing Lamb. Wing is also an avid surfer who came up with the idea to make fish tacos after enjoying them on surfing expeditions in Mexico when he was younger and now we all get to appreciate them in his wonderful restaurants. Wing is also a member of the exclusive PR360 Two-Timers Club He was here in February 2021 talking about California Love Drops, his campaign to help frontline workers during the COVID shutdowns. So, ladies and gentlemen, Wing Lamb. Well, thanks for having me. It's a great way to spend a weekend that is supposed to be a holiday. (laughs) We both got duped into this. We we forgot it was a holiday today, and now we're working. Yep, yep. But as you were saying that, you know, there isn't any really any holiday really at Wahoo's as long as the doors are open and people are coming in to eat. Yep. Uh, We're here at the back of the house support all the guys that are working out in front. Yeah. Now, before we get into the serious stuff, uh, one of the fun things about Wahoo's Fish Tacos is that whenever you go in there, you notice that there's a whole bunch of bumper stickers everywhere that people have put on the walls. Normally, I see them when I'm in line waiting to order my food. And from all the locations that you have, is there one memorable bumper sticker that you happen to run into that uh, sticks out? (laughs) It's a funny story. Okay, so there's a a chant around the NHL. Uh, It doesn't matter who's playing, but at the end of the tan-tan-tan, the, uh, what do you call it, the red wings suck. I don't know what it is, but just, it doesn't matter who's playing. Da-da-da, red wings suck. It is what it is, you know, because obviously you hate, you love to hate, uh, you know, the the perennial champion, right? Kind of like nobody likes, you know, the New England Patriots for whatever reason, right? But it's the same thing, right? Come on, we hate, we love to see people fall, right? So in our little uh, deal, right, uh, we did a commercial in Denver years ago. And because the Avalanche kept losing to the Red Wings, you know, over and over in all the playoffs, whatever it is. So uh, in we had a sticker and it was a joke. So they, 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 they had a guy going around the store, one of my employees, basically with a little razor blade removing stickers. They were might have been offensive. And mm-hmm. one of the stickers was mean people suck. And they're oh. like, you know what? We know some people that are mean. They don't suck, so we should remove this one, right? So mm-hmm. it showed the camera zooms in, means people say, and he removes it because we know that. And then the next sticker is the Red Wings suck because we, you know, it's laughing. Because our store in downtown Lodo was literally like three blocks away from the Avalanche Arena. So oh, the okay. next sticker is the Red Wings suck. And the employee goes, you know what? The Red Wings do suck, so we're not going to take this down. <laughs> Oh, my God. The Avalanche PR people got a wind of this commercial that we did just for the local market, and they would play it in the game, in the arena, for free, for us, right? Well, you don't realize that there are fans all over the country, I mean, especially here, the Detroit, because they moved here from Detroit. So the president of the club in Denver, whoever this guy was, calls me and he's just chant raving and i'm like first of all 
you don't live in Detroit anymore. You live in right. Denver, right? right? So if you love the Red Wings so much, go back to Detroit. I'm okay <laughs> that you're cheering for your team, right? But come on. We're grown-up people. This is a joke. Come on. Right. You yeah, know, it's, it's a total spoof. hockey of all things, which is like I'm a real hockey, kind come of on. brutal. Yeah. yeah. And I said, you know what? I'd be even happy. The next time the Red Wings played the Ducks here in Orange County, I'd be happy to host you. This is fun. It's a tongue-in-cheek, you know what I mean? It yeah. wasn't mean. It was just fun because That's it's what... goofy. But this went on for – and then he says, you know what? You're right. You know, I, you know? And now, but it was so funny that the, you know, the Avalanche took the 30-second spot and played it at the arena for free for us. It was hilarious. Right. So, again, when you do something really clever – you know, so those are about the only the goofy ones that I see. The other one was at the time there were two surfing magazines here in the 90s to the 2000s before they all merged. There was mm-hmm. Surfer Magazine and okay. Surfing Magazine. They're two different companies, but they competed. So what Surfing did is they created a sticker, just I-N-G. So wherever they would see a surfer sticker, they would put the other sticker to it, and it'd be surfing. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, again, goofy. And they would mm-hmm. just go back and forth, you know, and mostly in my stores because that's where all the stickers, you know, bumper stickers are at. So those are the two, like, funny sticker stories because everything else, it's like, oh, my God, that is, you know, so goofy. But it was mostly brands ripping off other you know, brands, because, you know, like, it's it's a form of, I guess, you know, uh, a, a flattery, right? That, oh, my God, I'm so cool that somebody's going to knock me off to make me look like their brand, right? So there's yeah. a, a ton of those over the years. But those two stories are the funniest one that I remember because I'm like, oh, this is so clever, you know? Yeah. And just from, like, a just brilliant brand perspective, like the fact that they played that commercial because it related uh, – you know, to the audience, and they all loved it, and it came from yeah. Wahoos, and it, it it builds your brand up with those people, showing, hey, look, these are authentic people that make authentic yeah. people, you know, food, and it's you know, kind of a great part of the community. When I was listening back to the previous interview you did on this show, uh, you mentioned a lot about community and community involvement, and that plays yeah. into the California Love Drops campaign. Mm-hmm. But I wondered. In the back of my head, I was thinking, uh, you guys have, what, somewhere around 60 restaurants right now in the western yep. part of the United mm-hmm. States? Yep. Now, how do you keep that feeling of community when you've got a big chain going? Because you guys have been able to kind of master that, I feel, where it still feels like a local kind of restaurant, even though it's it's a big, fast, casual chain. How, how do you thread the needle? Well, like I said, you got a lot of national organizations like the American Red Cross, you know, multiple sclerosis, cystic fibrosis, all those are national. But then try doing events at the local level. So for us here, you know, let's say the pipeline to a cure is a huge cystic fibrosis event here. So instead of doing something like just another walk, another, you know, something that's broad base, right? It doesn't feel like it's just homegrown. We've decided that let's focus on something that's more hyper-local, even if it's a national organization. So in a couple of weeks, I'll be going back to New Jersey to do an event called Carve for Cure. So it's a snowboard ski event. Just think of a jogathon where mm-hmm. for every lap you do, you get 
you know a dollar this is every lap you do on this uh course you know the mountain you get a few dollars for every lap you do guys so it's like a a jogathon on snow so i'll fly out there i'll be cooking you know basically tacos for about six hours and all the food is free but we expect hopefully people to donate something where again all the money goes to the charity right and it's about cancer so this is the kind of stuff where again it's a local event and from a national point of view it really doesn't make sense for the, one of the founders to go all the way to New Jersey. But think about it because I'm kind of like a pseudo celebrity, if you call it that way. So mm-hmm. it just magnifies, you know, it brings attention to the event. So again, it's not the five, ten thousand $10,000 I'll be able to make them by selling the tacos. It's the fact that I'm present. You know, mm-hmm. there'll be another really big brand is Milwaukee Tools. It doesn't make sense for a tool company, but again, it's completely out of their space. And you think about it, it goes, what does Milwaukee tools have to do with snow, right? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, they have friends in the space and, you know, obviously somebody was related to, you know, with the cause of cancer. But more important, all the people that work on the mountain, setting up the fences, setting up the signages, they use drills, right. you know, to drag holes and put the poles so it kind of fits. It's a bit of a stretch, but all of a sudden in the back of your head it goes, Ooh, the next time I go out there and I got to do something, you know, like work around the yard, I may get one of these instead of one of the other brands because it's not Milwaukee's the only one. There's probably a handful of other brands, you know, in the space. But the same thing. So for me, the next time somebody's thinking about snowboarding for fun, they might have remembered that I was out there feeding all the competitors or all the participants right so it's kind of the same thing so we do a lot of these things i mean vegas we're getting ready to do a a, it's like a police relay where they start here they run all the way to vegas so our job is to feed the costa mesa police department at the finish line at our vegas locations so these are the things where it's again it's those are local this is two states you know and then colorado has all kinds of snowboard events that from time to time i'll say hey let's put something together and then i'll come out there and help which brings you know a bigger spotlight for our brand when i show up oh that's awesome and again it you really uh give that local flavor to people Mm mm-hmm also, when you were here last time, you were talking about California love drops. Yeah. Um, and it, w- it was interesting before the show, we were talking a little bit, and you said that actually doing this kind of community charity work worked on the back end. It was, was good for your business and keeping stores open. Um, yes. Which usually it seems like those two things are antithetical. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. How did you make that work? Okay. So I'll kind of give you a little bit of background, right? So when it started, right, in... Uh basically April of 2020, we thought for sure this is going to be, you know, a month or two and it'll be over with. Well, that month or two, it's still technically still here, right, in Southern California. So businesses still have not recovered to 100%. So I had to figure out a way to kind of like one, run my business and do the charity side. Well, normally you can only do charity if you're making money. You know, you donate part of your proceeds to that. Well, when you lost 85% of your business, I couldn't, I had nothing to do, you know, and we were literally on the verge of shutting down additional five stores because the numbers were so low that we could barely keep the lights on. 
So a combination of what I did to start the California level drop, which is take out the basically the perishables and turn it into food, meals, and deliver to hospitals. My brother goes, very noble that you want to do this, but we're out of money. So you can't take any more food, but that's not, you know, the no doesn't exist in my DNA. So I called my friends and said, hey, guys, what are we all doing with the extra money we had set aside for charity? And I knew the answer, nothing. I goes, can we get it? And we can cover our costs and go out. Well, that's only half of the equation. So there were groups around the country that did that, but they all ran out of money within six months because you got to have money in order to pay for the food. And there was yeah. no money to be found because they didn't understand the the piece that I knew, which is teamwork, right? So I gathered my team and I got that. But that only goes so far because at the end of the day, these companies also had to justify to their CFOs, what are we giving wing money for? I know it helps him keep his business alive, but what are we getting out of it? Right. Simple question. And I said, well, I better come up with something really quickly. And luckily for us, somewhere, you know, we talked about this is KLOS, Heidi and Frank had asked early on, goes, hey, Wing, how can we help you? Because you've been a great partner to this station. And I said, hey, maybe notoriety. Because we can reach all the database, the listeners. So can we start a GoFundMe page for you guys? And we thought, that's awesome. So they basically say, hey, anybody that donates $25 or more will get a mask. And we made these little, you know, Heidi and Frank, Wahoo's KLOS, California Love Drop mask. And immediately it took off. We started getting money. And then they said, well, can we talk about it on the radio? He goes, well, what do you mean? He goes, why don't we create a segment and give you a few minutes every Friday to talk about it? And the reason they did it is there's nothing else going on on the radio. All it is is bad news, you know, more people getting sick, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. So we came up with this idea of, like, hey, for two to five minutes every Friday morning doing rush hour traffic, which there's no traffic back then. Everybody's right. sitting at home. Right. And just talk about what we were doing and where we were going. And I'm like, this is awesome. And this is when, and this will give you a little space to kind of thank the people that are helping you. And I'm like, and how much are we going to pay for this? Because yeah. well, right now we got airtime. So I'm like, awesome. So we started this thing. And basically without too many filters, we were able to start talking and basically thanking our listeners, you know, and thanking our friends. So we call them shout outs. So mm -hmm. perfectly, you know, okay to do a shout out. So we say, let's just minimize the number of brands we mentioned. But from time to time, you know, if somebody does something really big, like a Lone Depot, a Subaru, a Bear Paint, go ahead and mention them because these are big brands and it will add value to the story, right? Mm -hmm. It's like mentioning a celebrity sighting. So those are yeah. okay. But your local Joe Doe, eh, let's try to, you know, but from time to time would absolutely, you know, we mix it up. And this has been gone on now. Uh, we're getting close to our 500th delivery in the next couple wow. of months. So two things came out of all this. I kind of became a pseudo-celebrity in Southern California because everybody knows my voice because they hear it on the radio on Friday mornings. And right. two, it saved five stores from going down because they were getting ready to get shut down. So wow. the few hundred dollars that I brought in a week kept the lights on and now all five stores are almost back to normal. Wow. 
That's a wonderful story of just everything coming together. And then also you thinking a little bit out of the box of how do we, yes. you know. And there was one point that glossed over a little bit, and you were saying that in the early days of it, you went to organizations that would normally have charity events, mm-hmm. like in-person events, and then you were able to get some of the, the budget that they had for those yep. moved over to your project. And yep. so it, it was a great way of finding what's out there and what's being underutilized. Yep. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And that's the thing is like all the money was sitting around. And more important, I got a lot of my friends out of their house, out of their <laughs> comfort zone to come out with me to the hospitals, to the police and fire stations. And once they saw this thing called energy, you can only get energy, you know, like when you're at a sporting event, everybody's chanting, you get, oh, yeah. you can feel the energy, right? And when yeah. you're losing, you also feel the energy going the other way, right? But oh, yeah. this was such a positive that everybody, the gratitude when you went into the hospital, right? And you saw those 200 nurses come out and goes, oh my God, we really thank you. Nobody, including myself, had ever seen or felt like that. You wow. don't get that at a golf tournament. You don't get that at a yeah. gala because these are just the people donating. But you never get to see the recipients. So going to a food bank, you know, and you see it during the holidays, you know, Thanksgiving, Christmas, handing out the food. But it, it, that energy, you can only get it when you give it to that the recipient. Mm-hmm. And when you did, and we were, instead of serving meals, because remember – COVID restrictions, we were doing drive-through pantries. And that, again, when people pull up in their car, they pop the trunk, we load up the food, you know, the supplies, and then we give them a hot meal. I mean, that it was just, it's magical to see all that. Wow. And also, you know, just to to be super practical about it, if I'm a a nurse or a doctor and I'm on my feet, fish taco is a great thing to eat because it's not going to weigh you down, (laughs) right? Like... (laughs) Maybe yeah. Maybe that's why surfers like them, right? Because you know you can go out and you can still do your job without you know. If I had a big, huge bean and cheese burrito, it might be a little bit of a problem, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's the other thing too. Super clean, super easy. It didn't require people to sit down or do anything. I we joked about it, it was grab and go, right? Mm-hmm. So we delivered. They're all individually packed. Nobody has to touch each other's thing. So we were really at the you know like we pivoted to a way where one, it needed to be a cost effective, it had to be portable, had to be, you know, able to eat on the run. So we literally did all that to make it super easy because I felt really, really bad for a few of the local pizza guys because they bring in whole pizzas. And yeah. in 2020, once you open the box, that was your pizza. Nobody right. else wanted to share. And I'm like, you can't do that. You got to do individual. And even the individuals were too big. An individual pizza for a nurse that's on the go, maybe a half of that is enough because you only need about 500 calories. You don't need a thousand. So all the things that everybody else was doing didn't work. Sandwiches got soggy. I mean, everything I just knew because I go, this is the way to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So we designed the menu. We, you know, just enough to do everything that we needed. So we go, 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 go. <laughs> wow. So obviously things have changed a bit since then. There's still some difficulties going on. But where is business right now uh, compared to previous, compared to January of 2020 before the pandemic? Is it are we back to 
85% back or 60% or what would you think? Well, I would say two things, right? Uh, we're probably at about 80 to 90, depending on the location. Some locations, I would say 100% because it, the location doesn't need the local business uh, men to be coming in, right? Yeah. But the main issue we're still facing, and I'm pretty sure across the country, is a lot of office workers, whatever that means, they're working remotely and they're not there five days a week. So let's just say that they're working four days a week. Well, that means you're in a five-day work week, you know, lunch, you're down 20%. And in right. California, you're looking at about three days a week that they're not, you know, there. So you're down 40% in traffic that everybody has to divide and conquer. So the, the remaining 60%, the number of restaurants are still the same. You just got less people to come. So our lunch yeah. business is still very impacted, right? But we're making up for another day parts, you know, delivery and all that. But the killer part is the fact that labor artificially, you know, like even when they were raising the minimum wage, which is, I think they just did it again. Yeah. Artificially right now, Pre-pandemic, we were at about, let's say, $10 to $11. we are now at a 20 oh, So wow. think about that. So labor has almost doubled. In, right. in, in, so, and to pass that on to the consumer, it's not that easy. And then right. not to mention the supply chain issue that we saw, right? Things backed up. Well, basically with gas prices and labor going up, the cost of food has gone up almost 50%. Right. So – it, you know, on one side you have less traffic, on the other side you got higher cost. Oh. It's the perfect storm, right? So right. I, I would say the people in my like if you go to the supermarket right now, right, everything is fifty percent higher, and yep. you don't think twice, you just buy it. But if you go to a restaurant, if it's fifty percent higher, you almost have a heart attack. Right. Yeah. And think about fast food, you know, quick casual. To raise our menu prices by 50%, it was, it's just unheard of. So right. the majority of us are uh, raised our prices 5 or 10%. And, and people are still like, oh, my God, it's 10 cents more than it was before. And I'm like, are you, do you know what's going on around us? Yeah. So gas prices go up, you bitch, but you still buy gas. Right, yeah. supermarket, you but you still go grocery shopping, but a restaurant raises its price, you're like, oh my god, you know. It's, especially when it's something I used to go to the Wahoos on Wilshire Boulevard, uh, mm -hmm. in the Miracle Mile part of LA. Cause it was right yep. by the radio station where I worked at with yep. Frosty, Heidi, and Frank when they yeah, worked yep. up there. And I used to go there on my lunch break, and being the guy, you know, making twelve bucks an hour as yep. you know the radio flunky. <laughs> going into, uh, you know, you, ha you have a budget. And, and I think most people for their lunchtime, that, that's an office, even, you know, office worker, no matter what, you're like, okay, I'm going to spend nine bucks on lunch, yeah. right? I'm going to spend mm -hmm. 10 bucks on lunch. And, and that's about it because I don't, you know, I want to spend all my money eating out. And so, yeah, you're right. You, that, that meal becomes a buck 50 more. And it's like, whoa, you know. <laughs> yeah. You, because as a ritual, right, you have your, hamburger place you go to your sandwich place to you know and you know how much you're spending and you know your favorite meal and all that so when it goes from nine dollars to 950 you're like whoa right 
I, maybe I can't get a drink anymore, right? Because I still mm. got to eat, you know, right. or I can't get my chips anymore because I, you know what I mean? It, 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 it's very, I mean, people know. And I noticed around here that if I go to this chicken place, I'm like, whoa, it went from $22 to $26, right? Yeah. I, I, but I'm in the industry, so I'm not, you know, going to go, oh my God, I can't believe you raised your prices, right? I'm just like, whoa, you know? But it's not going to stop me from going, right? Because I am in the industry. But the majority of the people that are not, they're like, oh my God, I can't believe they raised their prices. And I'm like, uh, have you been looking what's going around you, where the wages are? I mean, a McDonald's employee makes 20 bucks an hour now, yeah, which is, yeah. again, unheard of. You know? Right, yeah. Now, this is a little more of an abstract question, so yeah. forgive me. Now, as <laughs> somebody, as somebody that's a... Again, in previous interviews I saw that I read you doing, you were talking about the importance of people in business to be able to pivot and to change Mm -hmm. and to be kind of in that moment and know, you know, to not be behind the ball on things. And as somebody who surfs, to me, it seems like there's something aligned there, right? When when you're somebody who's surfing, you're you've got to be in the moment. You got to go with where the wave's going. You've got to be flexible. (laughs) But also, I feel like there's. Something in business that there's a parallel to it. Yeah. And I think it's, I would say anticipation, right? Like if, if you see the tide changes, you know, using surfing as an example, the conditions, you got to adjust to the conditions. You got to adjust to the crowd. You got to adjust to the competition. You got to adjust to the wave size. So there's a lot of stuff that you got to make the best of whatever good or bad situation it may be, right? Sitting out there complaining that you're not catching waves, guess what? You're the only one that can catch waves. Nobody's going to give them to you because we're all out there chasing the same thing. And in any given day, in an hour, there will be, let's say, 30 to 40 waves. There's 30 of us out there. You do the math, right? So if you want to catch your four or five waves in an hour, you got to, you know what I'm saying? It is what it is, right? So the business is the same. There's only so many consumers out there and we're all trying to sell our services or product to the consumer. So what's your shtick, right? How are you better than the competition? And what are you doing differently than the competition to adjust, to adapt, to do whatever it is that you need to do? And I think a lot of people, I hate to say it, they spend way too much time complaining that they're not getting their fair share of the pie as opposed to doing something about it. And again, you can... In my case, it's like instead of being the thug out in the surf and basically chasing everybody out of the water, that's only going to work a day or two. And then somebody bigger is going to come in and chase you out of the water, right? So you got to figure out how to create your alliances. And I'll use surfing as a great example. If there's four or five of us rotating, guess what? Nobody else is ever going to catch the 30 waves. Just the five or six of us are going to rotate and we're all going to get about five waves each. And then we had a great session. So think about that in the world. So think about brands, other companies that you can create synergies with and team up, you know, in life, that's really what it is, right? Work smart, work hard, but work as a team because we're all trying to accomplish the same thing. We're all trying to make a buck. But if there's two or three of you guys together, say, hey, referrals, things like that, right? He goes, hey, I'm going to do this. Why don't I bring my beverage guy along? Why don't I bring my dessert guy along, right? So mm-hmm. now everybody makes more money. <clears throat> and I could I have charged a little bit more and made it all myself? Yeah. But 
right? But when I help my beverage guy get a gig, guess what? The next time he needs a food guide to his event, I'm going to get that call. So that's where, I mean, you know, so I think, you know, surfing. When I let my buddy, I cheer him on to catch a wave. Well, the next set, he's going to cheer me on to get a wave, right? And that's where the teamwork and the synergies, you know. So I think of surfing, it's like, hey, you know, I paid my dues. I surfed my little local break with my friends, and we all cheer each other on. And it's another way of saying we basically going to divide the waves amongst us and not the outsiders, right? So in business, is the same thing. Create your circles of influence, your team, and just everybody help each other out, right? And then everybody gets more referrals. Everybody gets more work. And we all work smarter, you know, harder, but we all do a lot more together. Right. I, I love that. We At the beginning, when you're talking about surfing, you're talking about the big bully that's stealing all the waves, and that's yeah. not going to last. But no. when you build community and you build a synergy amongst multiple people, everything just keeps cycling and you yeah. create a positive cycle, right? Yeah, positive, uh, yep. Yeah, so looks like we're coming towards the end. So I have uh, one last question, and that's what does the future look like for Wahoos? Right now, I mean, we are trying, like I said, uh, a little bit smarter, come up with some other ways I call reasons for people to come out. Because such a big part of uh, what happened in the pandemic is everybody's used to deliveries, right? But we don't make nearly as much money when we deliver and you don't get to come out and drink and, you know, like spend, you know, the average check is much bigger when you come out to see us. So right now, just finding different ways, whether it's through our beverage partners, our beer, like creating something that's a little bit more unique that you can't just go to the store and buy. So that, you know, experience is where the new word is. It's like people want to come out and have a little bit more than just a taco. They want an experience, right? So things like that. And possibly, they, you know, if we can pull the thing off is the man-made wave pools. There's a lot of those being built. And uh, it, nothing really in Southern California yet Right, but there's there's things in Palm Springs. They're they're being built, but they haven't been finalized yet. So opportunities like that where we can maybe go into those. Uh, we are in airports again, non-traditional venues, and we're getting ready to go into the Galaxy Arena, which is I think Dignity Park, Dignity Health oh, yeah. Sports Park. Mm-hmm. So stadiums uh, are pretty good for us in terms of you know brand recognition and uh, you know if we if you can work the right marketing you know partnership it makes sense so we're we're doing more of those and just it's just awareness in general that's a hey if I'm thinking about eating tacos you know hopefully we're at the top of that category so it's just being more aware all the way around you know so it, things are beginning to look good so hopefully by summertime we'll have some cool announcements to make you know but for now it's just one day at a time and you know hopefully they eat tacos over chicken sandwiches or burgers <laughs> yeah. one 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 day at a time one wave at a time right yeah that's right yeah well i'd like to thank you so much wing for coming on pr360 at a wonderful chat and i hope uh Hope we can make you a member of the Three Timers Club sometime soon. Absolutely. Love to have you. I'd love to be back and and hopefully drag you up to the KLOS station so you can say hi to some of your old coworkers. Uh, I'm going back up there next Friday. So oh. I go to the live on the station about once every three months. So oh, it'd be great. fun to bring you back and see who's left and who's still around. And we're also getting ready to do 
next month uh, to do the annual telethon with St. Jude. So we'll be oh. providing all the meals for that. And the last time we did it live was February of 2020, right before the pandemic. And in that one day telethon, we raised over a million dollars. So we're hoping that we can do a lot more next month for them. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much. That's great news. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Todd. Thank you. PR 360 was produced by Todd Perry in partnership with Global Results Communications. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave a review wherever you get podcasts. Follow GRC on all socials at Global Results. Follow Todd on Twitter at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Talk to you next week.